Our scripture reading today is taken from Galatians chapter 5, verse 16 through 26. And our message today is entitled, um, Walk by the Spirit. And this is the Lord's word. But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit, and the desires of the, of the Spirit are against the flesh. But these are opposed to each other to keep you from doing the things you want to do. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are evident, sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. I warn you as I warned you before that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things, there is no law. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us also walk by the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another, envying one another. May the Lord bless us in the reading of his holy word. Good morning, everyone, once again. Just look around you and just say hello, just wave or just give a nice nod or a wink if you need to wink, whatever you need to do. Just say hello to one another. We're gathered here in the name of the Lord. It is Christ Jesus that binds us together. It is the Holy Spirit that makes this fellowship here work. It is the selfless love of Christ on the cross that allows us to be selfless one another. It's our desire as the body of Christ to see Jesus reign and to see his glory amongst us. And we do that by sacrificing for one another, by urging one another to live lives worthy of the calling that, that we have received. That we would honor God with our lips, with our actions the things that we do would be things that the world does not understand. But the way we speak to one another would be in ways that this world would see us foolhardy. That the way we forgive, the way we deal with our past, our hurts and our sufferings, that we come to the Lord and give it to him that we realize over and over again that why do I complain about my suffering and my, my circumstances? When I look at Christ Jesus, my Savior, he did not look at his circumstances and say, Lord, I don't want to do this. 
I'm going to walk away from this. His suffering is more than any suffering that you and I have ever experienced or will experience. And he did all of this because he loves you and sought to give you life. And the life that we have in him, we rejoice. We spend so much of our time and energy complaining under our breath, being downcast, raising our hands in disbelief of life is not fair or why can't life just work the way it's supposed to. And yet we forget to mourn our sins and we forget to mourn that our Savior Jesus Christ that he had the indignity to suffer more than we ever suffered. The indignity to, to die on the cross as an innocent man. And yet our affections to his suffering are small compared to ours. It is when our hearts go and leap to the Lord's And tears fall because of what happened to our Lord. That we start to rejoice when we realize that his suffering brought life to us. And that the Father in heaven did not allow him to stay in the grave. But he lifted him up and gave him life. And that same life he gives to you. We come as a rejoicing church in the midst of our sufferings. We come as a rejoicing church in the midst of our despair. In our passage here today, the Apostle Paul talks about Christian living and what it should look like. And I think for many of us, uh, this is where we really wrestle with the most. We enjoy knowing that Jesus loves us and dies for us and his salvation is free to us. But walking in the spirit or living as Christians becomes really difficult at times. You know, I remember when Bose first came out with those... Uh, noise canceling headphones. Remember those things? And some of you know I was a physics major. And so when I was in college, they were working on, work, we were studying those. They haven't come out yet. This was like 1989, okay. Uh, and so we were studying these things. And what was interesting is what? Is that every sound has a certain wave pattern, right? A certain wave pattern. Sometimes like this, sometimes jagged, depending on the type of wave. And what the noise canceling thing does is it measures that sound and it sends out a sound completely opposite to it, right? And it cancels it out. And because light is faster than sound, or because we know that there's a regular sound, we can, we can send the opposite and it just, it just cancels out. 
many times in our own lives, though, we, we, we feel like we're out of sync with God. We feel like everything that we know that we should do for the Lord gets canceled out by our flesh. And that our flesh always wants to do the opposite of what God wants. Or if you, if you I'm doing a lot of waves here. You know, if you, if you, you, know, if, if you understand waves and you, and you know you have a wave like this and another wave on top that's just a little bit off, you have beats, right? It goes boom, 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 boom. And there's times in your life where you, you feel like I, I'm sort of there with God, but every once in a while, I'm like, I got it. And then, oh, I lost it. Oh, I got it. But I lost it. And you just feel out of sync with him. And this problem that we have in our life, this, this, this phenomenon that we have, it, it saps our energy. It, it, it discourages us. It makes us want to stop and simply live with the beat of this world. there's something that we forget. That when God saved you, God saved you while you were yet still enemies of him. While you were still selfishly thinking about yourself, your troubles, and your worries. That God saved you while you were still talking with him, complaining about your own life, complaining about the injustices in your life, and God just looks at you and says, I love you. And as a bystander, we look at that and we go, how can you complain to the Lord of the universe who just sent his son to die on the cross? And yet that God does not rebuke you, but receives you. For us to remember that this is the God that we have, and this is where we stand always. And so no matter where you are in terms of being in rhythm with the Lord, remember The Lord has called your name. The Lord knows you, even at those times where he seems farthest from you. Rejoice. Always rejoice. In our passage today, you see Paul talking about spirit living, and flesh living. He talks about the works of the flesh as being evident, right? Sexual morality, impurity, idolatry, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, and so on, and so on. That fleshy living is, is uh, being antagonistic to one another, antagonistic to the God 
that we love, to, to indulge in our passions. Spirit living is more of, of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. But we have to understand what this means to understand exactly what the battle is in our hearts and our lives. Sometimes when we read this passage and we look at the words spirit and flesh, uh, we read it like we were middle age, like we were in the middle ages and we were monks living in monasteries. That fleshly living has to do with our bodies and spirit living has to do with our souls. And that it was our duty to subdue the flesh or subdue the body, subdue the passions in order to live for Christ or to live for God. That the exterior, the material was somehow evil, but that the soul or the inner self was good. And if you read those categories into Paul's letters or even into the Gospels itself, you are doing the service to Scripture. But this is a way that evangelical Christianity has, has read these passages forever. It's where these, the, the fundamentalism in its, in, its, in, its, in its worst sense has, has come through fruition, where you know, they say we need to, to temper the passion. So no dancing, no drinking, no playing cards, no staying out after 9 o'clock, anything to temper the flesh. But if we read this passage carefully, and if we understand the, the whole context of redemptive history, we have to understand this passage in two different ways. One is historically, and second is personally. Historically, what this is saying is that we used to live in the time or the period of the flesh, which means the age before the Holy Spirit or the age before Christ. And so before the coming of Jesus and before the ascension and when and the Pentecost, when the Holy Spirit came down to all the people, we lived in the age of the flesh. In other words, the Holy Spirit did not dwell in his people as of yet. Yes, there are sightings of the Holy Spirit in the Old Testament in the past, but in its fullness, it wasn't here yet. So when we say we lived life in the flesh, the first thing, first category that should come in your mind is not the bodily flesh, but in the age or the era where all we could do is choose those things contrary to the Lord and contrary to his commandments. Now when Jesus came, Jesus ascended, when the Spirit came down, we live in the age of the Holy Spirit. Which means from now on, the way that God deals with His people is that in order to redeem them, He sends His Holy Spirit. And so we now live in the age of the Holy Spirit. It is the Holy Spirit that comes upon His people, that indwells in them, that changes them, that gives them faith to believe in Christ and to walk with Christ. So you, we think about this in a historical sense. So the age of the flesh is simply before the Holy Spirit, before the coming of Christ. And we do everything that's contrary to the Spirit 
and we do everything for our flesh. The age of the Holy Spirit comes, and what happens is the Holy Spirit comes on us, and now we're able to do things according to the Spirit, to follow the laws of God, and to demonstrate our love for Him. And so we don't think about it as exterior, material, and immaterial. We think about it as two different ages. But this also applies to us as God's people in our own lives. And there was a time before the Holy Spirit that you lived in the age before the coming of, before you know, knew Christ, before the Spirit came upon you. And this is the age where you did anything and everything you wanted according to your flesh, according to your desires. And you did all things for your own glory and for yourself and nothing for the Lord. But when the Spirit came upon you, and you came to know Christ Jesus, now you are living according to the Holy Spirit. You see, living according to the Holy Spirit means that, does not mean that it's immature material, it means the whole of you now lives in a different time period in a different world, in a different reality. That your inner self, even your passions, before were not redeemed, and, and now they are redeemed. Your desire to, to, to love people no longer, you know, is, is, will, will simply go into fits of anger or jealousy or rage. But your desire to love people can, can come out as truly desiring others to know Christ and to see the love of God in your actions. And so when you see the word spirit living versus fleshly living, don't think it's a war of your, of your body versus your inner self. Don't think that the passions that you have The desires that you have are evil in and of themselves. But think of that which is before the time you knew Christ and the ways that those passions ruled you in such a way that you satisfied them for your own gain. And now you satisfy them for the glory of Christ. You in your life and we in our lives, we will be living in this tension of God's Spirit, live God's Spirit now, but also at a time where our natural selves are still warring within us. And that desire to love people that old self will say, jealousy, jealousy, jealousy. And the part of you that's been redeemed by the Spirit will say, sacrifice, God's glory, love. And you will feel that tug of war within you. Several practical things. One, rejoice in the war itself. 
rejoice in the war itself. You see, if you, the Holy Spirit is not in you. This is rubbish. This doesn't make sense. If you feel yourself at war with God, say, God, I, I, I want to glorify you, but <sighs> this temptation is just it's so strong. I don't know what to do. Help me. Help me. If you feel yourself wrestling with God and, and wrestling for, over your heart, rejoice. For those who do not know Christ can't experience this. And if you yourself have never experienced this war in your, in your soul, that I need to do all things for God's glory. But these things I want in life, I, I want them and God, well, I like you, but you need to help me to get this. This is what I'm after. This is what I want. If that's all you want, then I ask you, come to the Lord. I hope that you can see that getting everything that you want apart from God, that that will never satisfy. I ask of you, those who have past sufferings and past guilt, that you give them to the Lord. Let them go. God will heal you. God will forgive you. God will restore you. Let God work on that, on the justice aspect of the things that went wrong in your life. Just follow the Lord. I ask of you, and those of you who haven't felt this tension in your life, Come to God and know that in this battle is where you'll see Jesus and his glory. The second thing that I want to talk about is walking versus running. And this is a second sort of uh, application to this. You know, first is to rejoice in the battle. The second is to know that our sanctification or our growth and our holiness is not a sprint, but it's a marathon. It's not a sprint, it's a marathon. I would love it personally if I could change just like this. And I would love it personally if you guys could all change just like this as well. <laughs> I'll, you know, I'd have the magic formula of how to grow this, this wonderful holy church, this community that loves one another. Ah. <laughs> uh, I can dream, right? <laughs> um, but what's interesting here in the passage, it talks about 
walking by the Spirit, verse 14. And verse 25, if we live by the Spirit, let us also walk by the Spirit. Um, the other translations will say, keep in step with the Spirit. There's something beautiful about this. You see, God doesn't sort of like, when he saves you, rip you from who you are and changes you in such a drastic manner that you sort of lose yourself in it. We've seen that before. We've seen, in, for lack of, of a better term, we've seen cultic activities where people change just like that. And you look at them, and it's not transformation. It's not transformation. She's okay. It's not transformation. Um, it's not transformation, right? But it's an indoctrination. Something is completely different. There's a disconnect of who they were before. But what God wants to do for us is to honor how he made us as his created beings and to transform us step by step into his image, into his holiness, into what he wants us to be. And our understanding must be what? Be patient. Be patient. Let the Lord teach you what he wants to teach you today. Don't try to learn something that God's not teaching you yet. But whatever it is that God is teaching you as you read scripture, as you pray, as you examine your heart, ask God, God, teach me how to love you and to honor you today. Have you ever seen people who try to learn a sport and want to take all the shortcuts? And what happens? They get injured. Or what happens? They, they look like, the, they think that they're advancing really quickly, right? But then afterwards, they regress. But how about that person who learns the fundamentals step by step by step by step? The first year, they may look like they're behind other people. But as they develop their craft and their abilities, they become good. The spiritual life is, 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 is the same. Don't try to run. Just walk. Keep in step with what God is teaching you. Keep in step with what he wants you to be. And so I ask you just very pragmatically, check your hearts right now. What do you complain about the most? What do you distrust God with in your life the most? What causes you anxiety the most? What makes you lose sleep the most? 
write that down, circle it, star it. What's it called, the fluorescent markers. Highlight it, thank you, <laughs> highlight it. Send yourself a text about it. Whatever you want to do, highlight it. Send yourself a text about it. And then cry over it. Say, God, I hate that I'm worrying so much about such and such. I hate that I can't get over this grudge. I hate that this thing in my past controls everything that I do. And bring it to God. And confess to God, God, I know you are sovereign, but I can't. My flesh, my old self won't trust you. I know I need to forgive, but my old self doesn't want to forgive. I know I need to live my life according to your, your glory and your plans for me, but God, I want my plans to come to fruition. God, I want this relationship and I want it to work. God, help me to do it according to your plan and your glory. Whatever it is. The Spirit is the best teacher in your life. Write it down. Circle it. Go to Scripture. I would even say, just go, go ahead. If, if you need to, go ahead. Go to your computers and Google it. Say, Google Scripture verses on suffering. Just do it. I'll, I'll, be, I'll be happy with that. Go ahead. Google it. Scripture verses on having confidence in the future. And maybe that will lead you to read more of God's word. But the promises of God's word will never fail. Thirdly, and this goes along with this, is that you can change. Don't ever think that you cannot change. Don't ever think that you're an old dog that can't learn new tricks. No, you're not an old dog in, in the spirit. You're a new dog. You're a puppy now. You can learn new tricks. You can do new things. You can live a life according to the Lord. Don't go by the wisdom of this world that says, he's always going to be that way. She's always going to be that way. It's just life. Where does it say that in Scripture? I have seen a man come to know the Lord Jesus Christ when he was 62 years old. And let me tell you, he learned new tricks. I see a man who was 62 years old who started to love his family start to ask for forgiveness, start to live his life according to, his, to, the, to, to the word. And his only, regret, his only regret was this, Lord, what took you so long? I spent all these years living for myself. Why did you save me when I was 62 years old? I could have done so much more for you. But he knows by God's sovereignty that's what God wanted him to do. You can change. Just because you feel out of step with the Spirit, just because you're not on the same wavelength right now, don't ever think that 
I cannot change according to the Lord. You know, in our oaths that we took, that our new members took today, one of the oaths that we took in number, question number, number three was this, and for all you who, who are members, you will remember this, right? Do you now resolve and promise in humble reliance upon the grace of the Holy Spirit that you will seek to live as becomes the followers of Christ? In other words, do you promise that you will seek to live and keep in step with the Spirit and walk with Him? You are not allowed to say, I can't do it. You are not allowed to say, it is too hard, because by definition, it is hard. <laughs> You're not allowed to say, maybe another time. You are not allowed to say, I give up. You are only allowed to say, yes. And God will change you. It's not the God who saved you, the same God who will change you. It's not the God who saved you, the same God who promised that he will save you for all of eternity. He will do that. Walk with the Spirit. Lastly, what are we running towards? Verse 22. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things, there is no law. Now, I, I want you to read this in context. Because I could take this out. I could put it up on the wall of an of a elementary school. Okay? And I could put Spirit in a lower S. I don't have to have the Bible verse. And everyone will look at that and go, well, that's wonderful. Right? Of course, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness. They're great attributes in, in, in Western and Eastern philosophies. But what, what if I told you you need to read it this way? But the fruit of the Spirit is love for the Lord, love for your God, love for one another that seeks to exalt the glory in the name of Jesus. What if I told you joy Joy in being known by the Lord. Joy in seeing other people grow in God. Joy in seeing God's kingdom come. What if I said to you, self-control? Self-control so I can say no to the things of this world and yes to the things of this world, yes to the things of God. Self-control that I can turn off my computer, my cell phone, my whatever it is and read God's word. Self-control that when my enemy wrongs me, when someone wrongs me, instead of thinking, oh my goodness, I'm going to go right to Facebook and just explaining why I've been wronged and, and everyone's going to say like, 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 love, like, 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 love. And say, yeah, you were wrong. Yeah, the, that person. Blows my mind sometimes. But say self-control and say, Right now, my heart is in a bad place. Don't want to forgive. If I say something right now, I'm going to really regret it. I need to repent in my heart first for this anger in my heart. Help me, God. Let me have control that I may serve you and love you. 
all of a sudden, this fruit that we're talking about, this one fruit in its various forms, takes on a different tenor, does it not? Our goal is to bear fruit, to walk in the Spirit, that we may see that we belong to Him, and that the world may see that we belong to Him. We have communion today. And if you are a member of this church, I'll ask you two questions according to what we just talked about. One, if you are fighting, even though you feel like it's, it's like you're barely in the same wavelength of God, but you're fighting, welcome to the table. Come to the table. Be strengthened by God and what he's doing for you. If you feel like you're out of step with God, that you've just given up, that you're that noise-canceling Headphones and like whatever God says, you're sitting at the opposite wavelength and you're just doing whatever you want. You're still welcome to the table if, and these are for members, if God has so convinced you right now that in your seat right now, you repent to the Lord and you say, Lord, today, forgive me, help me. I will start fighting now. Welcome to the table. This is for you warriors out there. This is our, can I say it this way, our MREs, our made ready to eat. Reminds us again that the Lord has fought for us and has won. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your grace and your mercy. And we ask of you, help us to keep in step with your Holy Spirit. Uh, we, we at times, Lord God, when we get out of sync with you, that we sort of let it go. And before we know it, we are just doing everything against you. Lord, bring us back to you, Lord God. And Lord, help us to know that we can fight. And help us, Lord, to know that we can win. Lord, we so believe our flesh. We so believe the, the things that our friends tell us, the things that our world tells us, the things that we even tell each other that we will always be who we will be. And that is simply not true. For we will either get more and more selfish as we get older for ourselves and our own glory, or we become more and more selfless to serve others and to do all things for your glory. So help us to fight and help us to win. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.